headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. We're going to be talking to you about your life and your money. It is a free call. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888 888- Eight two five five two two five. Caesar starts this hour in Chicago. Hi, Caesar. How are you? I'm are, doing great. You know hey, what? I'm That's Cesar. Is it Cesar or Caesar? Caesar. It is huh? Caesar. Like Julius Caesar. Got it. I, okay. I'm, I, 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 did, I did not mess it up. Good. How can I help? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm 26 years old. Tuned in from Chicago. I have approximately a hundred thousands in my savings. I have approximately 50000 in mutual funds that it's parked in a Roth IRA, Roth 401k. And I feel like I have a lot of options. There's a lot of pressure to buy. I'm thinking about buying a building. And uh, it's putting a lot of pressure on me, but it's a lot of options. I really don't know what to do at the moment. And I would like your advice about my situation. Do you have any debt? Zero debt. Zero debt, way to go. Are you married? I am not married. Why hasn't some woman snapped you up? <laughs> I You're know, that's sharp. right. No, there's a woman. Trust me. She, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, you're killing it. Way Very to go. good. You're killing it. Way to go. I'm proud of you. So is your, pers- you. Is your personal residence paid off as well? Or are you a now, buyer yet? I am renting at the moment in Chicago, and this is my situation for renting. Mm-hmm. It's a two-bedroom. It's $1,000 a month, and I'm splitting it with a roommate, $500 each. Wow. Stole that. So you're not in a hurry to get out of that. No, that's a deal. I know. So what? I assume, deal, I assume what, they're not shooting down the street, are they? No, no, they're not actually. Right. It's, they're not shooting down the street. <laughs> right. So what exactly yeah, is your that. question? Like, what are you hoping to get from this call? Okay. There's a, a general question and specific question. I'm feeling a lot of pressure to buy my own building, a multifamily unit home, and to move into who, who that. Is, who is pressuring you? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great question. <laughs> it is. In Chicago, it's like the thing to do, you know? like. Uh, well, among 27-year-olds, it's the thing it. to do, but that doesn't mean that's smart. Mm. You know, so, I mean, dude, you, you, you have really good instincts. You have really good skills. You are so far ahead of normal. Normal mm-hmm. sucks, is broke, has no money. I mean, you you got some money piled up. You've done a great job. Way to go. Uh, If you want to buy a condo to live in, that's fine. But don't buy it because the society that's stupid thinks you should. Right. Okay. You buy it because you got by because you looked at it and you said, I like these numbers. I mean, you're the guy living in a $500 rental situation in Chicago. You're that guy. Right. Score. You're the smart guy. I know, right? <laughs> You're the smart guy. Be listening to him. He's got more going on. So if you want to go buy you a condo, that's great. You got $100,000 to put down, mm-hmm. and or you need to set back an emergency fund of three to six months mm-hmm. of expenses. Um, and set back anything else you need to purchase if you're thinking about buying a car, you're thinking about buying whatever, so that you don't go into debt for the future items. But after that, the rest of that money is your down payment on a condo or whatever if you want to buy something. Mm-hmm. But but when you say buy a building, you know what I'm hearing? You've been reading real estate investment crap on Tic Tac. That's what it sounds like. 
<laughs> no, it's that my grandfather owns a multifamily home. A lot of people in my circle, you know, a lot of a lot of them, uh, the older generation owns a multifamily home. So I was thinking, why don't I house hack, get a renter on the top floor, live on the first floor and rent out the basement. That's not a bad idea, but you should do it because as you looked at it, you thought, A, that's how I want to live. Because the great news is your tenants are attached to you. The bad news is your tenants are attached to you. Exactly. They're going to be knocking on the door at 2 a.m. if they don't like something, uh, unless you really set some real clear boundaries. It's very difficult to manage a multifamily that you live in from a boundaries Mm -hmm. perspective. Uh, So if you want to do that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's nothing that says if you don't do that, that you're stupid. Because you ain't stupid, dude. I know that's right. People need to be listening to you instead of you listening to what they're saying. Yeah. So if you want to take, if I've you want to take, yeah, you want to take seventy five thousand bucks. What do you, what do you make? So I make approximately seventy five thousand a year through my my full time job, and I also own a business. And what does it make? Uh, I'm combining the income from both. Oh, so you make seventy five, including owning a business, not also including okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you mm-hmm. want to take seventy five thousand of the hundred, leave twenty five for an emergency fund, and you know you continue out of your monthly budget doing investing into your retirement plan at your workplace, then uh, and you want to go buy your multifamily and live on the main floor. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a bad plan at all. But this idea that somehow, you know, I, I don't. I, here, here's here's a good rule of thumb. Okay. Whatever everyone else in America is doing, do the opposite, and you'll probably have some money. True that. Now, can I play devil's advocate here? Why? Because I'm sitting here thinking, (laughs) well, here's my thought. I'm like, okay, if he was buying a personal residence and he knows that he can afford it without without any rentals, you know, just on his own, great. But if he's buying this building Mm -hmm. that's more expensive and he's depending on the rent coming in, should he not pay cash for this property? No. It wouldn't matter if if it's your residence and you're going to take out a mortgage as long as you can pay the payments. And if you have to have the rent to pay the payments, no, that's what I want. That's what my thing with Caesar, I want to make sure he doesn't need the rent from the other people living upstairs or downstairs. You don't don't go buy something that you can't. If if your renters all don't pay, you can't be up a creek. Right. So he's got to you got to be able to afford this regardless if you have renters, Caesar. That's just a little thought there. That'll keep because here's when you have an empty apartment and you have to make payments, you become desperate. Mm-hmm. And when you become desperate, right after that, you get stupid. And that's when you put the wrong tenant in and you create a bigger mess than an empty apartment creates. That's true. And so if you don't have to make the payments, if you don't have to have somebody to stay alive, right? You know, inside the inside the unit there, then you make better decisions on who goes in to the unit well he's got his family but i'm also thinking your family is also the ones that is like hey this month's a little tight give me till next month so there's just a little there's a little stuff there that he he might need to consider before going in absolutely absolutely but overall do it because it's the lifestyle you want to live i want to live on the first floor i'm willing to do that at this phase of my life Mm -hmm. i'm willing to deal with tenants next door uh, I'm not doing this because my grandpa did it. Right. Yeah. I'm not doing this because I saw it on Tic Tac. We're not doing that. And, um, you know, until we arrived on the Tic Tac scene about a month ago, <laughs> you could pretty well say that whatever was said on there was useless. Garbage. We're trying to displace it with some wisdom. So I've had a few things posted on there that did 10, 20 million views and that kind of stuff. Thank you, guys, I guess. 
Um, I think I should thank you. But, um, <laughs> yes, thank the people because they're making the they're making the views go. Yeah, well, I mean, we got to put something good on there to try to yeah. redeem the the platform. But yeah, but it's it's more full of get rich quick crap than anything I've seen since Midnight Cable. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Hey, if you're a new listener and you want to dive deeper into this Ramsey baby steps, all this behind-the-scenes talk, debt snowballs, all these things we talk about, click on Get Started at RamseySolutions.com. Completely free. We'll help you figure out the best next step for your financial journey based on exactly where you are today. RamseySolutions.com. Click Get Started. Our question of the day comes from Jacob in the Ramsey Baby Steps Millionaires group on Facebook. He says this, he says, I'm 20 years old and I'm looking to buy a house within six months to a year. Besides having 20% down, what other tips would you recommend for a first-time home buyer? Also, is there anything that I need to look out for? Um, yeah, I would say there's a couple of things to keep in mind. I think it's great that you're putting 20% down. Uh, we would say to do a deal where you're payment is no more than 25% of your take home and that's taxes, insurance, all included in a conventional loan. And I love that you're putting 20% down because then you can avoid PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. And it's just an additional cost there. But with 20% down, you can avoid that. But I feel like you're in pretty good shape. I mean, other than that, it sounds, sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. A couple of things. Good idea. Good question, by the way. 15 year fixed rate, 25% of your take home pay. Um, Always, everyone, anytime you buy a piece of real estate, get title insurance 100% of the time. Anytime you're buying a piece of property that is not a traditional subdivision lot, meaning it's very, very predictable, um, always get a survey. So if you, you know, I bought three acres that turned out to be 1.75. No, that, yeah, no, we, uh, we, you get a survey. On it, okay. Now you got a standard subdivision lot that is pre-platted and has changed hands three or four times. You don't have to worry about that. It is what it is. But uh, if you're buying something, otherwise, get a survey, get title insurance, get a home inspection. Get a home inspection. You're 20 years old. You're not an expert on much of anything in that house, uh, unless you just happen to be an electrician or something, and then you would be right. But um, yeah, get a, get a home inspection. Period. Uh, I bought and sold several thousand pieces of real estate. I get a home inspection. Mm-hmm. Last house I bought, I got one. Okay. Um, I can go in there and scratch around in the crawl space and try to figure it out, but for what it costs, let somebody else do it, right? Um, that's the thing. Uh, don't buy a house that is a great price but is ugly from the street. First house I bought was that. 
I got a great deal, and this house was ugly from the street. <laughs> there, there's no fixing ugly. Yeah, that's you can't fix. fix ugly. Okay, it's just still going to be no. Well, we could we could no. Don't 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 try to fix ugly. Ugly, you just look like a. You know, oh, had plastic surgery and you shouldn't have bothered. Oh, don't do it. You know, I mean, oh, I mean, don't. You just can't fix it. Leave it alone. That's just don't, point. don't. It's not a good buy because if you get a good buy on it now, when you get ready to sell it, you know what you have? An ugly house. And you're going to give somebody else a good deal because nobody wants an ugly house. So that there's a reason it was cheap when you bought it, and there'll be a reason it's cheap when you sell it. So, that's a good point. and that's also true with the actual floor plan. I bought a house one time. No, actually, I didn't buy. I rented it one time that was a four bedroom but to get to one of the bedrooms you had to walk through the other bedroom oh yeah that's terrible Terrible this is uh we used to call these country built houses where you just keep adding on adding on adding on on, and (laughs) and you just go yeah well there 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 was actually no plan from the beginning and then you've got no plan so be careful with that kind of stuff you can you can get excited particularly on your first buy and uh, try to buy something that's a little bit boring. That's good advice. You know, don't try to like reinvent the word. I'm going to do a rehab. Oh God, no. Well, Please. I mean, you could pick. You could pick something that's got things that you can fix. Like if the carpet's super ugly, there's things that are outdated. Car- yeah, like carpet. you can you can yeah. change that. But yeah, you can put you can put the gutters up. That's right. fine. But don't right. tell me you got to change the whole. No, yeah, I got to tear out. Yeah. I got to add. No, 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 no. Just just boring means less risk going in and less risk going out and so a nice little house with a little picket fence mm-hmm. and little bushes out front and it looks you look at it from the street and everybody goes oh that's cute that's the that's where you want to start what do you think about corner lots because when we bought in our neighborhood before we came here we thought we had a good lot because we were on the corner by the gate and for us it was great we thought oh we could take the dog out it's easy access but then when we got ready to sell it know, sold for co- less. Corner lots are a mixed blessing because generally corner lots present well from the street. Right. But you have no freaking backyard. You got this little tiny t- triangle back there where they cram the house back inside at a 45. And so it depends on the subdivision, depends on the lot size, right. all those kinds of things. But generally speaking, you get the, a nice presentation from mm-hmm. the front and then you're pinched in the back. Yeah. That's generally what you get. So watch for that. That's it's not the end of the world, but watch for that. Again, if you've got a concern when you're looking at it, know that they're, the buyer, when you get ready to sell, it's going to have the same concern. So just right. don't ra- don't get so excited. You rationalize your way into stupidity. I know a guy who's done that a lot in his life, and um, <laughs> that's how he has a radio show. So be careful. <laughs> Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jason is up next in Detroit. Hey, Jason, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, Dave, um, yeah, uh, you, you've, you and God have changed my life. <laughs> so I, uh, appreciate all that you've done over the years. Um, pretty fortunate to live, um, completely debt free, including my house, um, at 48 years old. Way to go, dude. And, um, thanks. Thanks. My, my wife and I have um, worked pretty hard to, uh, c- kind of get there financially. Um, I've actually been in uh, full-time ministry most of my adult life. Um, and, uh, currently I am part-time, uh, on staff in a church and then part-time I operate a food pantry and, um, I absolutely love my work. I, I, I love what I do. 
Um, the issue that I, I struggle with a little bit is I, I, I hardly make any money um, being in two nonprofit situations. Um, my wife's a school teacher and um, has been for 20 plus years, so she's kind of at the top of the income scale. Um, we're doing all the things. Um, we have zero debt. Um, we're, um, you know, she has the pension and then we've got, um, some other uh, investments and that, that sort of thing. But my question is, you know, I literally, I mean, with what I do, I, I take home a couple thousand bucks a month, um, at this stage in the game. And I'm about 30 years into my career and I guess I'm just trying to decide, um, is that okay for me? Um, you know, is it? I, I don't, well, I guess that's what you're, I, you're calling about it. So you don't think it is. Well, I'm just, I guess I just need some perspective. I, I'm, I, I love what I do and I, 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 you know, I get to help people every day and, um, it's extremely rewarding work and I could see myself doing it until I die. I don't, you know, I, I want to die with my boots on, but um, without any debt and, you know, still being able to set aside, you know, funds for the future, um, I, I guess um, I would love to make more money. But I just don't know if I'm ever going to find that in kind of the nonprofit world. Um, so I guess I just was hoping for a little insight on that. Mm. Well, you're obviously a good man. You're obviously a guy who loves to help people. You're pastoring, you're running a food pantry, you got a big old heart. And, uh, there's no question about that. Um, 80% of pastors in North America are bivocational. Mm-hmm. They have a day job. Mm-hmm. That's wild number. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you start this food pantry? Uh, I did not start it. However, I took it over and had to completely revamp yeah. it. Um, it's kind of yours. And, yeah, I thought and, so. I kind of smelled that yeah. the way you were talking about it. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, wrong yeah. spiritually, morally, ethically with what you're doing. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's also nothing wrong with exploring some other avenues that you could utilize that wonderful large heart of yours to help people. And in the process of serving them, you made more money. There's nothing wrong with that either. That's the seat I sit in. So, I mean, there's lots of ways you can help people uh, and love people well. And they love paying you for it, by the way. Um, So maybe a counseling ministry, maybe some other things you can add on. I don't know what it is, but I, I would look towards that kind of a thing. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Annie is next in Nashville. Hi, Annie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Better than we deserve. How can we help? So my husband and I are first-time home buyers. We just started the process, and I've been talking to a local mortgage broker and he gave us some information on 30 year versus 15 year mortgages. Um, we want to do the 15 year. We're trying to follow the plan. We have a sizable down payment. Um, but he did say, which I thought this is kind of strange. I just don't understand this, that if we want the 15 year, we are required to do a rate buy down to get like a little lower interest rate. Um, so I just didn't know what that was. I'd never heard of that before. He said it would be about a point or point and a half to get the rate buy down. 
you need to call Churchill Mortgage and get with a new mortgage broker. Okay. There are two things okay. you can do to buy down rates. Uh, I think I'm hearing that he just wants you to pay points. That is not a true buy down. That's just points. Each point is 1% of the loan amount and will reduce your interest rate by about an eighth, between an eighth and a quarter, somewhere in there, but usually around an eighth of a percent, which means it takes you eight years to recoup that. No, thank you. I'll pass. So paying points is not a good thing. And I'm pretty sure, by the way, that increases what goes in his pocket at the closing. That's why I'm um, rolling my eyes a bit here. I don't know if you can hear it over the radio, but I was. <laughs> and so um, the an actual buy-down is a like a 3-2-1 buy-down, and it would be a 3% reduction the first year, or a 2-1 buy-down, 2% reduction the first year, 1% reduction the second year, and then it goes on up to the regular rate. And all that is is you're just giving yourself some money up front to subsidize yourself. Now, if the seller pays your 2-1 buy-down, like in the old days when things were a little calmer than they are right now, a builder might pay for a 2-1 buy-down. Okay, in other words, they would pay 2%, pay the, you know, just at 0.02, right, what it's going to cost you to reduce the rate by 2%, and then 0.1, so it's going to cost them 3% out of pocket, to do a 2-1 buy-down, or 6% out of pocket to do a 3-2-1 buy-down. If the seller pays that, that's free money. you got a deal, okay? But if you're if you're going to pay for your own buy-down, uh, that's uh, not as bad as points, but it's there's no reason to do it. Okay. I, does that make sense? You understand the difference in what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Points are prepaid interest. Both of these are prepaid interest. Points are a form of prepaid interest, and one point will reduce the uh, roughly an eighth of a percent APR for the life of the loan. A true buy down is just it's a two one buy down. It's, you take your current rate, let's call it six percent. It'd be four percent the first year, five percent the second year, and six percent from then on. And you pay that difference up front at the closing, which you could have just done that for yourself if you're just swapping pockets. So actually, mm-hmm. let me think about this then. If the seller's not paying it, we're going to do neither of these. Mm-hmm. That's the moral of the story. Okay. Is the seller paying it? He acted like I was, to get the 15-year, this is something I would have to do. Why? Do a rate 15 year down. is generally cheaper than a 30-year anyway. And but, are they saying you can't qualify? So he said he said that the thirty year would be six point eight seven five, and if I fifteen year would be the same unless I did this rate buy down, then I could nope. get like six point five or something. That doesn't sound right. New mortgage broker, new one. Okay, <laughs> he just lost the business. Yeah, because fifteen year quoted at what we call a par quote zero point zero origination is always cheaper than a thirty year. Ninety percent of the time it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for you, you know, he's monkeying with you to put the line in his pocket. That's what I think. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but having done about a bazillion of these, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, I go to Churchill, talk to them, and see if they give you the exact same thing. If they do, I'll shut up and say that I was wrong about the guy's character. But 
when is it better to just make a larger down payment as opposed to attempting a three, two, one? The larger down payment uh, doesn't reduce, well, it would reduce the payment, but it doesn't reduce it as much mathematically. Um, so actually it would be, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't because. I guess it, what I'm saying is there, is there math that you need to do to find out what that point would be? No, it's, it's don't subsidize your own loan is the moral of the story. Both of them are a form of subsidizing your own interest rate. Prepaying it. By prepaying it in their different forms, points or buy downs. Mm -hmm. So if the seller is paying points or the seller is paying a buy down, that's different. Right. And all things being equal, meaning no points, no origination, which is called a par quote, your 30 should match your, your 15 should be a little bit less. A, it should be a quarter of a point, half a point less uh, on your APR. Mm -hmm. Generally mm -hmm. speaking, it is. Now, there might be a glitch in the environment at this moment in the bond market that's doing that. I, I'm not 100% sure, but most of the time throughout 30, almost 40 years of being in the real estate mm -hmm. and around real estate business, that's what my experience has been. So, But double check. You need to get another quote. I, I'm, I, sm I just smell... Um, I, I don't it, it doesn't smell. <laughs> it doesn't smell right that's yeah, all right Dave let's just leave it at that all right Jake <laughs> is in Milwaukee hi Jake how are you uh, hi Dave hi Jade hi. um I'm uh, hi I'm on baby step two um and I'm kind of in a little situation where I don't know how much I owe I my father passed in 2016 and he didn't have a will the only thing he ever did, he, he told me is that he was going to set me as a beneficiary. And if anything happened that, you know, I would have to take care of it for, for my sister, for myself and my sister. Um, and I mean, so he's only ever told me that verbally. And well, when he passed, we got 200,000, um, in a policy and it's coming up. I've been paying my sister monthly so she can go and finish school debt-free, which she has now graduated. Um, and so there's about 5,000 left on just the half. So 95,000 paid. And I kind of don't know how much more I owe her because all the things I've done with the, with the money have been kind of commingled with my own finances. Well, you certainly owe the five thousand, right? Because that totals one hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Okay, then have you invested the money during this time? I I did. I've invested um, in hundred thousand of it in real estate. Okay, that would be uh, your hundred thousand. And then I invested others in parts in stocks. Well, okay. And well, I would have been I would have done better with your four fund portfolio, but I. I've actually lost money on the part I invested in stocks because. Okay. I mean, I, and I don't know what you owe her. You don't owe her anything legally. No. Morally, you told Only your dad morally. she would get half the money. So we know she's getting the 5000 Even if you screwed around yeah. and lost some of her half, then you would still cover that 5000 morally if you're doing what your dad asked you to do, right? Yeah. So how much money have you made on the real estate? Um, on paper, I mean, before, you know, selling fees and all that, uh, it's probably like 75,000. Okay. What do you make a year? Uh, actually I, I make about that 75. What do you think the right thing to do is?
Hello? I, I mean, probably just... Probably just cut that in half and, and say... And give, and give her half of that. Yeah. But, I think you invested your half in the real estate, personally. Um, I, and I think you lost some of her half. So I think you cover the five, and if you want to throw another ten on there for fun to make you feel better, that's fine. But I don't think you owe her anything much more than that. And I'm certainly not going to have to sell the real estate to get the, her half out of that. That's so convoluted mm-hmm. and wicked. No, thank you. Thank you for joining us, America. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Alex is with us in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, Alex. How are you? Doing all right, Dave. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. How can we help? Well, Dave, I got a little love note from my mortgage company uh, with our annual escrow uh, account disclosure. Um, Apparently, we had a shortage on our escrow account. Usually, it's a couple hundred bucks a year. Like It's usually fairly close to the actual and projected amounts. But this year, it's like a difference of over $4,000. Why? um, Did your taxes or your insurance go up? uh, Insurance. Taxes, it was short by like 150 bucks, which I I totally get, but... um, the insurance, though, just absolutely floored us, and they're saying our mortgage is going to go up about six hundred bucks. And your, we, we your homeowner's insurance went up four thousand dollars in one year. Yeah, and that's that's what we're really lost on because I I called my neighbor who has the exact same floor plan as us, different insurance provider. Well, folks, um, did you shop the homeowner's insurance and change it? Yeah, that's what we're that's what we're definitely doing right now. I'm, I'm talking to like four different companies right now, but uh, it's clear that we're not going to keep this company. Uh, but at the same time, we're trying to figure out what do we do in the meantime. It's like we could we could dip into the emergency fund and pay off that shortage just to kind of get rid of it. No, it's not a shortage but, if you change the policy. Okay. Have they already paid uh, the premium, the $4,000 extra premium? Um, I think they've paid part of it. I think they're wanting us to make up the rest. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But, um, to okay. be honest, when it comes to escrow, escrow is one of those things that I usually okay, so lost on. It typically is in arrears. And so mm-hmm. what that means is in reverse. And so... They're billing you now for what they've already paid because when you, for they're billing you now for last year, because when you right. set up when you got the loan you set up an escrow account as part of your closing costs and you paid out that you you went ahead and paid out so it may be what I would want to do is I want to get on the phone with them and get through exactly what has been paid because I'm going to cancel this policy and get a reasonably priced policy. And mm-hmm. then that's going to change your escrow back to close and you'll right. just change it. And then they just need to do an audit and set it up. They, they only, they don't need to withhold, you know, four or five, $600 a month. If they only need a hundred dollars a month, in which case you would permanently change your payment by enough to cover your taxes and insurance, but you need to get the right payment on the books, the right health insurance plan, or life, I'm sorry, homeowner's insurance plan on the books first and then you've got to pay for whatever you paid. But if you cancel that homeowner's insurance in the middle of the year, you're only going to have paid for it for half of the year, not for the whole year. 
So mm-hmm. if, what I'm saying is I want to get into it now and cancel it as soon as possible so that I don't, and if they haven't already paid for it for a whole year at $4,000 increase, then you're only going to have like a $1,000 increase because you're canceling it. Right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Cause we, we were just looking at them and we're like, there's, there's no way we're going to stay. Uh, no, with them. just, uh, yeah, it's, no. yeah, they're, they're, uh, so get, what you need to do ride. is go to RamseySolutions.com and click on, uh, insurance for PNC it's property and casualty and get with one of our insurance, uh, ELPs. They're independent insurance brokers. And that means they'll shop around among several different companies and get you in your particular situation, the best deal. And usually you bundle it with your cars too. And you can re- and the typical person shopping against some of these other companies, uh, they'll save 800 bucks. In your case, you may save $4,000. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what you're going to do, and then you're going to take that new policy and then get with the mortgage company and find out how much of the old policy has actually been paid or earned and uh, you've got to pay the portion that's actually been used so if that policy mm-hmm. with that four thousand dollar increase has been on the books for three months then it's only going to be you know one fourth of four thousand dollar increase you follow me right and so if, but if it's been on the books a whole year then you bid it for a year but i don't i don't think it has i think you're catching it because they come after you pretty quick with an escrow increase if they're on their game and it sounds like they are so yeah get the policy changed get it shopped get with them, request an audit, and then write one check and do a true-up, and then set your new, based on your current new homeowner's insurance and taxes, 150 more on the taxes, more on the homeowners, but not 4,000 more. Now what should my payment be? Reset the payment to be the accurate amount. It is going to go up, but it's not going to go up as much as it they, they came at you with because they were assuming you're stupid enough to keep that old policy. Escrow, <laughs> escrow uh, accounts almost all have errors in them yep mm-hmm. ongoing you constantly have to stay on top of it they almost all have errors and when they discover an error that they're behind on they always almost double dip and hit you so he needed sound like they needed about a 400 dollars raise and they were giving him a 600 dollars raise mm-hmm. in his payment mm-hmm. yeah i don't like dealing with escrow well it's just it's it's you're dealing with bureaucrats on the other end of the phone that's yeah. another problem too tom's in salt lake city hey tom how are you I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? Better than we deserve. What's up? So, uh, long story short, uh, my wife and I have, uh, were debt free, our house and everything, uh, since 2000, since 21. Way to go. And, uh, we're, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was a big help with your system that worked out great. Uh, we, so we're currently now, uh, investing heavily to get our, our, um, retirement caught up. Uh, we're also saving for what we would like to do for our, our, um, our forever home. Uh, so we want to buy a lot that we like and then build the house that we, you know, to be designed to put on that. Uh, our question is, so we, we, there, a lot came up that, um, we looked at, we were really, really loving it. It looked like it could have been perfect. Um, but we let it go because financially we're not, we don't have the savings to just cash, cash roll and stay out of that. Good. Um, so, so we, we, we held off, we let it go. Um, and we felt good about it but at the same time we felt like maybe maybe we missed out and we wanted to get your opinion so all debt is horrible and i agree with completely if at all possible ever uh mortgages are the, i feel like can be a gray area of debt and so in with what would you recommend should we just 
keep on the track and just, if it takes us five years or 10 years to save up to get this lot that we want and just keep passing on lots as they come along and stop, stop looking. Or would you, if a perfect lot came along, should we take what we've saved, put that as a down payment, get a new mortgage and keep the house as a rental? That would be the eventual, uh, what we'd really like to do the best is keep the house we have now paid off as a rental and then move up to our new home. And have a mortgage on your home. Right. Well, no. The, the idea would be to save up before we move and ha- not have any mortgage ever again. Oh, and, the, and your old house is a paid-for rental and your new house is paid for. Right. But so why couldn't would, you save up the lot price then, if you can save up the whole thing? That's what, so where we, where, we want, where we would like to eventually live is, like I said, it's going to be our forever home, so it's, it's probably going to be no, it's the not. lot's going to be. There's no such thing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> The, where we would like to be right now, mm-hmm. the lot I got you. Is, it's, it's the um, nice move up house. I'll go with that. And you're going to pay cash right. for it. So why can't you pay cash for the lot? Well, we don't have it yet. It's, I know. It's still four, four or five years out. I know. And you can't pay cash for the house either. No, no need to buy the lot until we're ready to pay cash for the lot. If you oh. can't even pay cash for the lot, you're nowhere near paying right. cash for the house. So what's the well, hurry? Our, our, plan, our plan was to pay for the lot and then start yeah. with, because we would like to have some really nice, uh, landscaping trees and, and whatnot. That's one thing we miss with the, where we're at now. We have almost no, no trees. So our thought was find a place we like, buy a, buy a lot. It's not like in a subdivision. We're kind of looking up in, in the hills and the mountainsides. Uh, buy the lot. Dude, you're missing start. the point. You told me you were going to pay cash for this house that you're moving into. If you're going to pay cash for the house that you're moving into, you got to at least have the money to pay cash for the lot first. So I don't see really what the trip is, except you've got house fever and lot fever because you're out there riding around every weekend looking at stuff. Chill till you got the money. That's what I would do. This is The Ramsey Show. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.